0: Hello to all of you out there. I am Ulrike Seminati, host of the podcast, Empowering Female Leaders, for women who want to thrive. Every week you will get new perspectives, exciting insights, and empowering messages of women from all over the globe. Welcome to another episode of my podcast, Empowering Female Leaders.
1: I am pleased to welcome today, Lucy Gurnan. Lucy is the founder of a well-known leadership coaching brand, Powerhouse Revolution. She is an acclaimed international speaker, multi-award winning businesswoman, certified high-performance and success coach, and is the host of one of the top 10 of most followed and shared podcasts globally for her podcast, Powerhouse Revolution, which has dozens of five-star reviews. And we will speak today about self-confidence. Welcome, Lucy.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Yeah, self-confidence is one of these huge topics that we have every single day and there's nobody in the world who does not have that issue. I recently read that around 70% of people around the world have imposter syndrome and it's an estimated like 85% of people who regularly lack Mm self-confidence yet we always feel very alone when we are lacking self-confidence and have the impression that everybody around us is very confident. People always think, oh, I have to to train my mind and then I become more confident or I have to do something different. I believe, and I think you believe that too, that it's a lot about taking action. So self-confidence is happening when we make new experiences. Do you want to explain us how that works and why it is like that?
2: Yeah. So I think firstly, just, just to say, like, I, I can do the job I do because I lacked so much self-belief in who I was on the inside. Okay. So, so often, you know, I work with females, female executives in large organizations, women in senior leadership who have done so well for themselves. And on the outside, it appears like they have everything together. And on the outside, they are really confident. But on the inside, I hear a lot of women second guessing their decisions um, worrying about how they're being perceived by others um, not applying for jobs unless they take 100 percent of the boxes. When we know that women are just powerhouses, which is why I called my brand powerhouse revolution, because I really believe there is like a revolution of women in the world right now who are rising up and who are starting to realize Hang on, we can do this job. We can do it better than the men in a lot of cases, right? So a big problem that I would see, I suppose, in terms of when you hit the nail on the head around the action, confidence comes from taking action. And there's a difference in, I suppose, when we talk about, you know, imposter syndrome, imposter phenomenon, which obviously is a term that's banded around a lot. It's a well-known fact that women struggle more statistically than men when it comes to imposter syndrome in particular, which means not thinking you're up to the job and worrying you're going to be found out that you're not up to the task and feeling like a fraud. Uh, For example, I had a a client not so long ago and she was at a VP level in in a large organization and she kept saying, oh, I really just don't feel like I'm doing the job well. I, I need to be more of a strategic thinker. I'm really not being strategic. And I was like, right, OK, let's challenge the thinking, which is one of the steps in our in my process, which I'll share in a few minutes. And when you challenge that mindset around, OK, what does it mean to be a strategic thinker looking for examples of what that looks like? Actually, you're probably going to find them when it comes to self-confidence and it comes to imposter syndrome. I think it's such a big topic, but it is something that women would struggle with more, in my experience. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I see that too. And I've seen it in my own career as well. I, I have a really nice corporate career, climbing up the whole career ladder. And the higher I climbed, the more obviously the self-doubts came up and the imposter syndrome became really tangible to me. And I realized, like you say, that I was never thinking that I was really good enough or up to the job and, and not ticking all the boxes. And when I looked at it, I was actually ticking all the boxes, but even then I couldn't believe it. So it's it's really paradoxical that we, even if we know it, we see it black and white on a piece of paper that we tick all the boxes for this job, for example, we still think I'm, I'm not really there and I need something else and and so on and so forth. You have developed a very nice method that is called the Five-Step Belief Boost Method, and I would like to learn more. What are these five steps that you um, advise to women or to your clients that they can take so that they can grow their confidence?
2: Mm -hmm. Okay, so great question. So firstly, I suppose before I get into the method, I just want to preface it with, you know, I struggled a lot with my self-belief and I had to do a lot of work beneath the surface first. So. There was a lot of trauma. There was a lot of healing I needed to do and therapy and stuff. So this method I'm going to share now is on the assumption that the person who's using the method has no unhealed trauma. Okay. So I'm not a therapist, but as you know, with coaching, it kind of sometimes can border on therapy as well. A lot of times these these beliefs we hold about ourselves, like I'm not good enough, or I'm stupid, or all these things that I hear smart women say all the time, they come from childhood. So it's really important, as painful as it is, that you need to heal that part of yourself first, I believe, before you can truly move forward. And how do I know? I've done it myself. So once you've done the work and you're, I suppose, you know, you've healed whatever those belief systems are, your mind is still going to start playing tricks on you because your mind is like a computer. You've got software which has bugs in it. You can upgrade that software, okay, by actually changing your your thought processes, but it takes a lot of time. So they say it takes anywhere from 66 to 365 days to actually form new neurological pathways in the brain. So if you've been thinking a certain way about yourself for 40 years, it's going to take a little bit of time for you to really change your mindset. So the first step really in the method to kind of get started with this whole thing It's around exploring your thoughts. Okay, so the most important thing that you will ever do is get curious with yourself and become an observer of your thoughts. So it's about sitting down intentionally and asking yourself what negative thoughts pop into your head and when do they pop into your head? What happens? You know, what situations or people trigger those thoughts? There's always a trigger. So it's about you know, and this is work, by the way, right? This is work that a lot of people will listen to this podcast and they'll go, God, she's right, that sounds good, but they won't take action. Okay. And this is going back to your point is if you want something to change in any aspect, you've got to take action. So I would encourage you to get a pen and paper, sit down and go, okay, when do I beat myself up? What thoughts pop into my head? When do they pop into my head and who triggers them? Okay. So awareness is power. So that's the first step. The second step then is once you understand your thoughts, so you've now identified, okay, I'm in a certain meeting with a male colleague and every time I'm in his presence, I start to feel like I'm stupid, for example, or that I don't have value to add, these are things I would hear women say to me. We'll go, okay, so now it's time to challenge your thinking. Okay, so the first step then is to go, okay, are these thoughts actually true? What tangible evidence have you got to support your thinking? So, for example, going back to the example of, oh, what I said there must have sounded stupid. That word comes up for some of my clients. I sounded stupid. It's a silly thing to say. They think I'm silly or they think I don't know what I'm doing. Okay, great. Did they actually say that? Did they actually say to your face, you know, you don't know what you're doing? If they did, like, that's, that's not tangible. You thinking something or say, oh, they looked at me a certain way or their energy felt different that's not tangible. That's your brain looking for evidence to support the fact that your core belief about yourself is I'm not good enough or I'm stupid or whatever that belief is. And there's a whole lot of work you need to do to kind of understand your belief system, which is something separate that I would do as well. So it's really about, okay, so what else could be true? So I'm thinking now that they think I'm not up to the job. I know now that I don't have evidence to support it. So what else could be true? So if they looked at me in a certain way, What else could have been going on for that person? Maybe they were having a bad day. Maybe they didn't understand what I meant and they scrunched up their face. And so I made that mean that I must, mustn't know what I'm talking about when actually maybe it was their interpretation. So it's about really sitting down and brainstorming. And this is why, you know, having a coach or somebody like that with you can be super powerful or even a friend because you can't see outside your own perspective. Okay. So it's about getting a different perspective. The third step then in the method is own your superpowers. So this is where you want to really take a step back and look at the big picture. So you're, you're, we all get so siloed in our thinking. And again, if you go back to what a belief is, a belief is just a thought that you keep thinking. So a belief is just a thought you keep thinking. So if you're if you have always thought a certain way your core beliefs are like magnets and they're just going to attract more evidence to support the fact that they're true even if they're limiting so even if they're limiting beliefs so what you want to do is you want to come up out, out of the weeds every now and again and strategically make a decision to take a step back and again this is where coaches can come in handy and really just look at it from a bird's eye view look at it and go okay so I'm saying to myself, I'm not good at my role or, you know, especially with imposter syndrome, for example, you might go, okay, so what facts or data do I have to support the fact that I do deserve to be in the role? So what I recommend that women do who struggle with imposter syndrome is take your job description, like literally go and print it out and then look at each line, each requirement of that, you know, job responsibility, each duty. And then look for evidence to support the fact that you are fulfilling that, that duty. And in most cases, you're going to be fulfilling the majority of those things. So, for example, I would go back to the phrase strategic thinking or being strategic. It's, it's a word that women kind of think strategy needs to be this big initiative that's going to change the entire direction of the company, when actually being strategic is just forward planning. It's just anticipating change. And women do this all day, every day. And we don't give ourselves credit for it. So it's about really looking at that. And if you find gaps, celebrate that. Because now you've identified something new you can learn. And once you've got a growth mindset, you can, you can kind of learn anything. So there's the first th- th- three steps in the method. Is that all making sense?
1: Yeah, that's all making sense. And there are many, many things, obviously, that come to my mind. I like very much what you said, especially the sequence, I think, is very logical. I mean, you need to create awareness first, always. I think for every self-development area where you want to go to, you need to understand first what actually is going on here. And then many people stop there very often because then they think that what they think in this moment is the reality. And I like very much your point number two, where it's really about searching for proof because the reality that we believe is the reality, first of all, it's only ours. And nobody else has exactly the same view on exactly the same situation. So we see the situation through our lens. We make our judgment. We believe that's the truth. So between truth, whatever that is actually, (laughs) the reality, nothing to do with each other. And just acknowledging, or yeah, having believing is, is one of these words that is heavily weighed with something else. But believing that, well, it can be something else. It can be a reality of someone else, and. We often think that whatever reactions or non-reactions people have in a room when it comes to when we are speaking, for example, is logically related to us. And so we think that when someone is not concentrated or not listening, that we are boring, for example. And like you say, how do we know? How do we know? Maybe this person is just typing on the, on the cell phone because the school of their kids were sending them a message and they really have to reply. Mm-hmm. It's something totally unrelated. I heard once and I found this really cool. And when you see someone in the audience, imagine you're on a big stage and you have to speak at a big leadership event or something like that. And you see someone typing on the phone, then the super non-confident person will obviously think, oh my God, my God, my God, I'm not interesting, I'm boring. They're not listening anymore. Whereas the super, super, super confident person would just think, wow, I'm so great. They Twitter about my
2: talk. Exactly. Exactly. It's so, so true. I'm like, I was just thinking, you know, when you were saying that about the whole belief, I mean, I could talk for days about this, but... I had this really limiting core belief that I wasn't good enough and that other people didn't like me. Okay, so we all have beliefs about ourselves, others in the world. I really thought at at the core of who I was that other people didn't like me. And it goes back from childhood stuff, from my primary school days when I had nuns um, as teachers who told me I had no friends, to not being chosen for the team at school, to not being invited to a birthday party when I was 10 that I still remember and in those moments i made that mean okay other people don't like me and i because of that for 40 years or 30 something years at the time i went through this whole thing of life you know thinking i didn't have friends when i did they were there i didn't see them because i wasn't looking for it and i remember when i went for therapy to kind of start my journey maybe about 8 years ago i remember a neighbor of mine i was bringing her child to school and i was heavily pregnant with my third child and i had yeah, I, was, I had two other kids, and I used to drop her son to school. Now, when you're heavily pregnant and you have two other kids and you have a neighbor's kid who, let's just say he didn't want to go to school sometimes, and um, he was difficult to manage. and I was really stressed and anxious at the time, and I was about to do all this work I did on myself for ten years. And I had to tell I had to tell my neighbor, look, I can't take him anymore. So she wasn't really happy because she had to find an alternative. And I remember my coach at the time said to me, but that's her problem. You know, that's not your problem. But I was making it my problem. So a few days later, I was go—I was terrified after hitting her down. And I was like, oh, if I see this girl now, I'm going to be, you know, what am I going to say? So I saw her and she ignored me, completely ignored me. And I remember going back to my coach the following week. Uh, we were talking about it and I said, look, I knew it like she's she's pissed off at me. She, you know, whatever. And she said, well, what else could have been going on for her? So she said, the next time you see her, I want you to act as if nothing has happened. Just pretend like you didn't see her and see what happens. So I did. And what transpired after that is the day I had seen her, she had got really bad news about one of her parents and she just wasn't thinking about anything. And I suppose I was looking at it going back to your point with the view of, oh my God, she doesn't like me or she's going to be annoyed with me. So that's all I saw when actually there was something entirely different going on for her. So I think it's really, really important that the, the challenging you're taking, there's always something else that can be true. Always. You just have to look for it. Yeah.
1: And our brain is wired in a way to search for danger. And this is clear that we then always have easily a negative interpretation of the reaction of other people related to us. Whereas, like like you said, and like many other stories show, often it has absolutely nothing to do with us. Mm-hmm. And sometimes even the other way around, when people don't ignore you, but they might be aggressive or very arrogant to you or something like that, we always think it's about us because we're not good enough, not interesting enough. Whereas it, it, it's a problem of the other person most likely. Most likely they have a problem with themselves or a problem with their family or with their partner or with their whatever relationships they have. And they just project this on you because you're just in front of that person at this very moment. And moving away from that helped me a lot to feel just much lighter and and much more detached from the situation and much easier also to go back to this inner power that everybody has and to connect to something else. So, yeah, I like your your first three steps are actually, it's very much in the analysis in the understanding of what is going on and understanding also your third point You know, the superpower, what actually do you know? What are your competencies and your capabilities? And also being bluntly honest, I think a good way to see that clearer is is to step into the shoes of someone who really appreciates you and see it from that eye, because our own eyes are always diminishing our capabilities.
2: Absolutely. And that's like, that's the fourth step in the method, right? It's called power up with perspective. So again, you hit the nail on the head is you're only seeing things through your eyes, okay? So now you've done the work yourself, you're gonna see so much yourself and now it's time to get a second perspective. So I always recommend that you, you pick three colleagues, if it's work related, for example, who you trust and ask them for feedback. Now, most of the time when we ask for feedback, what are we looking for? Constructive feedback, okay? So I challenge you to actually look for positive feedback, look for empowering feedback. So I would choose three people, for example, maybe your boss, a peer, and somebody on your team. and ask them the difficult question, what do you think my strengths are? What do you think I'm good at? What do I do that you really like? Or what do I do that makes your life easier? And it's so much easier to ask for constructive because, like you said, our brains have a negative bias and we're always looking to nearly beat ourselves up with a stick. But actually, when you ask what are you doing well then you can do more of that. You can do more of that. And it's, it's usually stuff like I remember I asked my boss one day when I worked in the pharmaceutical industry, I didn't realize that I'm a really positive person. I didn't realize it because I thought I just had all these limiting beliefs about myself. And she said, you're so positive. You bring such a, you know, a high energy to the team. You're always looking for solutions. I didn't see that about myself. And now I've actually made a whole business out of it. So you'd be amazed when you ask people what you're good at. People aren't, nobody asks us that. So they'll be happy to kind of tell you.
1: And people like to give positive feedback as well. We often shy away from that because we think, oh, because then I force them to say something positive about me, and they might not mean that fully. So I think an important point. Maybe that's your first point. I don't know, but maybe an important point is then as well to take it fully in, to not finish yes. it in your head, because that's the first thing we do that we we answer in our head with yes, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the whole inner narrator scenario is
2: on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely, you're so right. And like, that's where the final step in the method comes in, which is to empower yourself. So this is where it's about working on your mindset and mindset work is, is daily. It's people sometimes think when they come to work with me because I help women with confidence and leadership and work-life balance. And, but it all starts with mindset. And sometimes people come to me and they think when they work with me for a number of weeks that they're going to be fixed or healed and nobody's broken. Okay, nobody's broken. We all have the power within us. But it's an ongoing journey. It's it's a daily journey. And this is where I encourage people. I call it turning your rants into power. So your rants are your repetitive, automatic, negative thoughts. Okay, so these are you want to start replacing those with what I call your power words, which are your positive, optimistic words, energetically repeated. Okay, so what that really means is positive affirmations. So I encourage you to kind of get a pen and paper and on one side of the paper, write down your rants. So your repetitive, automatic, not negative thoughts. So it might be things like with leaders in particular, you know, what are my problems am I going into today? I, I need to have all the answers and or I'm so unfit. I need to be healthier. Okay. So let's reframe those thoughts and let's turn them into more powerful statements that will serve us. So this is where you you build affirmations. So instead of saying to yourself, what problems am I going to go into today? Say something like, whatever today brings, I will handle it because you will always handle it or, you know, I'm not good enough. It might be, I'm as good as anyone else. So it's about identifying those repetitive, automatic, negative thoughts that happen subconsciously. It's about consciously bringing them to the surface and then making an empowered decision to turn them into power statements that you can reaffirm daily over and over and over again until you believe it. And if you follow those five steps and you commit to yourself to actually doing it, that's when the game changes. It's a great method and I think
1: it's in the hand of everybody to just apply that. The thing is, when I see many people, and that's a keynote which I'm giving, it's about closing the gap between knowing and doing. So even if people know exactly what they should do, yeah, it's very clear, then they're not doing it. And we have that situation in all areas of our lives, be it at work or when you want to go to the gym, for example, we sign up for a full year, we never go, we know that we should go, but we don't and so on. So how can people motivate themselves for doing that because it's one of these things where we do not see an immediate effect. Well, maybe on the first day and first two days where you realize, oh, if I'm thinking differently, it's different, but then old patterns and old habits take back over and so on. And as it's a long process, as you said in the beginning, it takes somewhere between over 60 days up to a year to change patterns, to change these neurological pathways in our brain, which is actually what people are doing if they follow your method. Um, how can we motivate ourselves every single day to stay behind that? It's so easy to just stay in our old patterns because that doesn't that doesn't take us energy. Well, it drains us at the end, but it doesn't take us this obvious energy which we have to, to take to make these steps. How can people motivate themselves on a longer run because they have to wait for the results to come and
2: and to do it every single
1: day again and again and again? Mm. So I would
2: say that the reward has to be far greater than the pain so you need to be really clear on why this is important to you so why is it so important that you change your mindset and your belief what impact is your current and again this is where working with coaches are are things that's why people hire That's why i hire my coaches i i need accountability i need somebody to show me because human nature we default to easy even if it's hard right So it's about getting clear in your vision. Like you have to get clear on where you're going. You have to get clear on the impact all of this negative thinking is having on your vision. And, you know, I heard an interview with Oprah a while back, and she was asked a question about the most successful people in the world. The interviewer asked her, you've interviewed so many successful people. What's one thing that they all have in common? And she said, most people, and it's so true, they go through life not knowing where they're going. They have, they don't know where they're going. They're, you know, they're going where the boat takes them. So it's about getting super clear on your intentions. Who do you want to become? What does she look like? And how do you need to show up to align with that vision? And then like, what's the impact to your life, to others, to the world around you, if you achieve that vision. So for example, the reason I did the work on myself was that I was taking it out with my kids. I was shouting at my kids after work when I was so stressed out because of my stuff. It wasn't my kids' fault. So that pain for me, knowing that I was potentially—I'm going to say harm very loosely—that I was damaging my children psychologically in some way. I wasn't screaming, but you can kind of get frustrated. I—I th- I didn't want to be that person, so I did the work for myself because I wanted to be a better mother for my children. I continued my all of my work on my self belief because I wanted to build a business. So those two things were far more important to me than me staying in victim mode. And I think a lot of people, like you said, we are programmed to be in negative, negative modes, but you're not a victim. You, you have power and you just have to link to, I suppose, link into that internal power. I'm all about, you know, there's a powerhouse within every single one of us. And it's just about tapping into who she is, getting clear on what you, where you're going. And then if you need support, if. You know, the most successful people in the world have coaches in their corner. Hire a coach, hire like a personal trainer, you know, join a class, get the community, whatever it is, just, you don't have to do it alone if you can't. That's what I would say. Mm.
1: Yeah, I agree because reading tons of books um, will not help because then we know exactly the theory, but applying it is different. And what you said before, it's important to have someone where you where you can create this accountability because then you have the feeling, oh, if it's a coach, for example, or even like you say a friend, even that, yeah. share, hey, I'm going on a journey. I want to develop myself. It's like when we go to the sports, it's better to go with a friend because they tell us when we are lazy, hey, come with me now. It's today. And exactly. It's the, same, it's the same thing. So it's it's important to have a framework somehow around that to help us to stay within the line that we have given ourselves as a goal of self-development in that area. And this is how we can actually achieve that over time. So, yeah, great method. I, I'm just wrapping it up very quickly. So there were the five steps. Exploring your thoughts first about creating awareness. Um, then asking for the proof points, are these thoughts actually true? And then you it's about owning the superpowers. Be really clear about what you're capable of and be, well, be open to also believe that you're really capable of these kind of things. <laughs> then uh, you call it power up with perspective. I think that's very important to make a shift and to ask other people about their opinions, positive feedback, constructive feedback, and not diminishing that feedback. And then it's about empowering yourself and really working with your thoughts and replacing these negative thoughts, these repetitive negative thoughts into something that's much more empowering. There are certainly a lot of things which you can do to shift that perspective over time. And then I think last not least, it's really about applying it. It's like with everything, it's like training a muscle. It's like, like exactly the same thing. We need to just do it every single day again and again and again and find the motivation to do that, an inner motivation, an outside motivation, like a coach or a friend. And with this, we have all the chance to change totally the paradigm of self-confidence
2: where we are in right now. Absolutely. And just, just one more thing, you know. The more you do it the easier it becomes so you know right now this might sound really hard and oh my god i can't do this and actually i have a, a free training that if I wants to do it it's it's called the ultimate confidence Masterclass. you can find it on my website and in that i go through the belief boost method if you i know you you said you'll link it in the show notes but it does get easier so right now if you're starting from scratch this is going to sound really big but when you get through the first couple of steps in the method then actually you just need to do your affirmations and then that will become subconsciously part of your routine and it'll be so much easier. So where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you? Um, LinkedIn is my happy place. So you can find me on LinkedIn, just my name, Lucy Garnon. You can find me on Instagram, Lucy Garnon, L-U-C-Y-G-E-R-N-O-N. And then my website again, lucygarnon.com. Thank you very much, Lucy, for these wonderful insights. My pleasure. Lovely to speak to you today.
0: This was another episode of Empowering Female Leaders. What are the questions and topics in female leadership that you are interested in? Let me know in the comments on YouTube and Instagram or join our LinkedIn group. I'm excited to hear from you. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe for new talks with inspiring women from all around the globe. Thank you for listening.